Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? (laughs) Um, My question is, man, with all this fucking bullshit... Why don't the devil deserve an apartment? Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> every Why doesn't time the devil that, deserve an apartment? Every time the devil shows up inside somebody, because honestly, that's how I view, he views us, yeah. right? We're little apartments. I'm like a high rise. You are. Mm. Annalise was sort of like, hmm, a bungalow. Right? She goes in this little I was going to say cottage. Railroad. That's what she is. She's a railroad <laughs> apartment because she's very thin. Honestly, every time the devil shows up, they got to kick him out. Can't there just be one guy? You should get, like, maybe sure. the Vatican should get one very big fat guy. <laughs> sure. And get all the demons into that guy. And then you get that guy living in Vatican City. Next thing you know, uh, I mean, he's going to be the chief finance officer. Well, yeah. I actually think that you're making a massive mistake. It's the same mistake that people make with competitive eaters thinking that fatter is better. Mm-mm. In reality, it's going to hit a fat wall. It presses. It presses against. So actually, you might want someone super thin, more like a Marcus uh, who has the ability to extend expand. and almost impregnate himself with the demons. Anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of talk to do about demons today on last podcast on the left. I am Ben hanging out with Henry and hanging out with Marcus in and- New York. Yeah, welcome home, boys. We're yeah. all together. We've all been woken up by random construction this morning, <laughs> so we're exhausted <laughs> and ready to go. We are on to part two of Annalisa Mickle. Mickle, Mickle, <laughs> damn you, Mickle! <laughs> it does sound like somebody not good at their German work. It really does. <laughs> so when we last left Annalisa Mickle, she just had an epilepsy-induced hallucination that the Virgin Mary wanted her to atone for the sins of Germany's youth because they were living sinful modern lives in opposition to the chest and innocent Annalisa. What about the times during the 1930s and the 1940s? She didn't say anything about that. <laughs> no. Well, well that's she, what she has, That's what they have to atone for. Actually, that's the funny thing. They didn't have to atone no. for that. That what was they were, fine. What they were atoning for was like, you're listening to too much can. Short dresses. <laughs> that's oh. the problem. Can. Tango <laughs> Mango. Is that the name of that? <laughs> Tango Mango. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Iga Bimyasi. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can't trust a Virgin Mary who has a child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other more important part of that hallucination, though, was that Annalisa was also supposed to atone for the sins of the Catholic Church, who had just instituted their first major reform in almost a thousand years, which they called Vatican II. (sighs) Yeah, Mel Gibson's going to direct. I can't wait. 
Now, Annalisa was free from any sort of problems for a few weeks after accepting the Virgin Mary's request. But just after she returned to school in August of 1975, she was struck by another paralytic attack while standing in front of a crucifix. Mm. According to a witness, she stared at this representation of Christ with a gaze of hatred. Now, at the very top, we talked about how we were going to talk about a lot of demons today, but it's kind of the opposite. We're going to be talking a lot more about the horrible, the horrible circumstances of non-medical epilepsy and what happens, mm. right? Especially because in the 1960s and the 1970s, they didn't really figure out what was the proper way to treat the, uh, epilepsy as right. much as possible. They had hardcore drugs, and also they would put them on a ketogenic diet. That mm-hmm. was like that one mean? modern thing. Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but they would put them on a diet, like a special yeah. diet to fix them. But I did find it interesting. I want to say thank you to all of the listeners who yes. sent me epilepsy information, and also Emily Fusco, our researcher, who yeah. we all be a nice epilepsy parfait <laughs> that I got to really get into. But that's really interesting. It does change your facial structure. Mm-hmm. Like you does make you grimace. Pupil dilation does happen, which we'll talk about a little bit more. And total personality yeah. changes are very common in epilepsy, which I think is really interesting. People saying things they don't mean, which is why I snapped at Kissel the other night at dinner. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I accept your apology and I booth it, as you say on stage. Right up my tuchus. Well, that's interesting you say she's grimace. I don't remember when she did get so large and purple. <laughs> but uh, indeed, uh, more humor to come, folks. <laughs> it only gets worse. So, worried about the implications of such a hateful gaze, her boyfriend Peter insisted that Annalisa return home to Klingenberg. Mm. And there, Father Roth and Father Alt confirmed that an exorcism was necessary. These guys were just waiting for her to return so they could say, mm, she's possessed. Alt, Alt, Roth, delete the demon. Honestly, they really <laughs> thought that this is this was it. And they these guys were so psyched. Yeah, they like, must have been jazzed, dude. It's the Ghostbusters thing. It's the mm. got one. <laughs> like, finally, they've been waiting for this. Some of them have been training for years. I did also a little bit of research of what it takes to be a Roman Catholic exorcist. Yeah. And you have to be old. That's you do true. have to be you old. You have to be old. So the exorcist got that right. Do they work out truly? Because I know some of these sessions, I'm sure we'll get into it, can last hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I, bet I they mean, do. that's kind of why the person dies. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, they should they should institute some form of cardio. Yeah. 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 And a shot clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Father Alt. <laughs> that's a good idea. It is. Shot 24 clock. seconds. Get the demon in, get the demon out. Well, Father Alt and Father Roth called Bishop Stangle. But since Stangle was on vacation, which is going to become a con- Common theme in this episode. God, is he like an agent? So he just doesn't work from, it's like summertime. Well, you know, he's out of the office. It's summertime. Right. It's like yeah. early Fridays. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but they're out of the town for the holidays. The, the holidays. holidays go from October 15th to January 15th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Stengel gave Alt and Roth verbal permission to perform the small exorcism prayers on August 3rd, 1975. And here's where shit gets nuts. Okay. Yes. During this first small exorcism, this isn't a full exorcism. This is just dipping your toe into the water. Kind of a test exorcism. It's a snackatizer. Yeah. (laughs) Annalisa whimpered and moaned that she was burning, and she tried knocking the book containing the exorcism prayers from Father Alt's hands. Later, she said that hearing the prayers were, on the pain scale, akin to sticking her hands in a wasp's nest. Oh, the burning, the burning. (laughs) Is, is it in her rectum? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. 
Old school. That's an old school callback. Yes. It's an old school burning, callback. Burning in my rectum. <laughs> For all you new listeners, that's an old school callback. We're not just <laughs> randomly bringing up a girl's anus. There's a no. We never knew that. Rectum. Well, that girl, young woman. She's 24 years old. Okay. Yeah. But it yeah, was so a- it's legal. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but it was after this tiny little exorcism that Annalisa truly lost her mind. In her view, the belief that she was possessed by demons was being confirmed by representatives of the most powerful being in existence. These are God's right-hand men that are telling her, you are right. Mm. Therefore, if demons were what they said she had, then demons were what she was going to give them. Hey, man. All right. Hey, it's like when you show up to last podcast on the left, you know you're going to get spit on by me from the front row. Because that's <laughs> part of it. You would, you would be disappointed if you weren't. But this kind of reminds me of the story of Irina Cornici, which I think that we, I talked about a little bit last episode, which was the concept, this 2005 exorcism mm-hmm. that went bad. And we're going to talk about this more in depth in a relaxed fit at yeah. some point. But it always seems to stem from someone who has a very deep faith already, who is in a desperate spot. And so the people that sure. are struggling with mental health or something like epilepsy, which is also like a weird thing that was hard for them to understand at the time, you're also deeply religious and it completes the circuit like you somehow like your then your actual illness starts to take on the tone mm-hmm. of the shit that you're surrounded by and you it is, i really do think it's a part of it she didn't want to disappoint the priests no oh, yeah I'm sure that has to be an aspect of it that's a little al- bit that's always an aspect with yeah. uh with possessions one of the things that they talk about that you know people like really the biggest part of it the reason why people perform so much mm-hmm. especially when the priests are around because it is something like it's, it's validation weird, right well it's this almost a weird like social thing where mm-hmm. like everybody's shown up everybody's here to see the demons they've, they've there's such a they've called the bishop they've True. got permission from him and you right. don't want to disappoint you want to show them that hey you're not wasting your time let's get this shit done and well, you want to prove the bishop correct too. yes and yeah. those demons you know they're in the green room they're stressed they're putting their makeup <laughs> oh, on they're stretching they're getting ready they're smoking a cigarette it's a big day for the demons too it's like those like remember the lesbian porns from the 1990s where they used to have like the four inch acrylic nails and shit yeah. nails and shit and they're like stabbing each other 1990s. in the cervix with it. But you know what I've I mean? seen more recent footage. It's the long nails. And they think, ah, ah, ah. it's like they're scraping the inside, like the top of their rib cage. But then they're all going, oh, yeah, Benedict. Oh, yeah. Give it to me, Mary Link. And then you're like, they have to act like they're super into it because the cameras are there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm there. When I'm there. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I think a further reason why, I, I mean, religious people and specifically like Catholics get really into this sort of thing, especially when it comes with oh, some yeah. sort of health problem, not the lesbian poor, but really with the health problem <laughs> Both, type stuff, right. with the Both. exorcism. Both, maybe. I've seen some documentaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the reason why is because it is, you know, it's a it's a religion that is built on punishment yep. and a built on atonement. And, you know, Annalisa Mickle had epilepsy. It was a disease that wasn't really that well understood and from her perspective she's being punished for something mm. she's having to atone something she did something wrong and it, because in this sort of cosmology shit happens because of really, you your frailty as a human yes, being shit, invites penance yeah shit happens isn't really a concept maybe it, a it, schnitzel related theft what? maybe she stole a schnitzel that's what this Who knows <laughs> what we don't know do she we? was so thin <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out well, once she came to believe that the cause of her problems were demonic, she got at most one to two hours of sleep per night. And she would shout the prayer, my Jesus, forgiveness and mercy, forgiveness and mercy for hours on end in a mocking tone. Cool. Oh. Kind of metal. Kind of metal. Okay. 
She knelt down, got up, knelt down, and got up so quickly and so often in this disturbing exercise routine that her knees swelled up and became ulcerated, unable oh. to hit heal. The same thing happened to Arena Cornici. Very mm. fucking strange. Genu- the automatic genuflection is what they called it at the time. She was doing this kind of mockery of the mass over and over again. Also sweet if you've got nipple tassels on. If you're just <laughs> yes. in the middle of the Bavarian wilderness, you got yourself a possession. You got a possession right there. It's it's a heck of a workout routine. It is. It is. The possession workout. I would love that. So she'd do it for hours on end. Wow. Uh, it was, and it, she did it when she, it was supposed to have been impossible for her to have continued to do so. What was it? Richard Simmons? Yeah. Yeah, sweating to the oldies. To the they oldies. could have put a little yeah. demonic spin on it. Yeah, my mom destroyed Actually, her knees doing step classes in a concrete basement of a Catholic church throughout the entire 80s. She just can't, Now she can't walk yeah. because she was doing that, the stepping up and down, stepping up yeah. and down. Probably not yeah. the best. I think there was a scene in Repossessed, the, the, the exercise, yes. exorcise, yes, exercise. <laughs> re, 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 repossessed. Sweet. Well, Annalisa ran through the house screaming, and after long periods of running through the house screaming, she'd tremble and twitch, then collapse. And then she would remain rigid for days. And Damn. is the dad just sitting there like Al Bundy with his hand in his pants watching the game? Just be like, it's another day at the Mickle house. <laughs> what, I mean, how do you react when your daughter is just going nuts? They're chasing her around. Like, yeah. it's, oh I mean, so it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon? Kind of. All too serious? Yeah. Covered in pee. I, I mean, really, oh. really, it was. I mean, mostly it fell to uh, her sisters. Like they oh were given. Gosh. From what I can tell, at least, uh, it was sort of when, during this time period. It was given to her sisters and to her mother. It's like you take care of her. Um, wow, what that is not a surprise. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, she urinated on the kitchen floor, ripped holy pictures off the wall, shattered crucifixes, and tore apart rosaries. <laughs> she, she must have a tactical bath. <laughs> Sounds like a very powerful, very powerful woman. Oh, yeah. Sometimes during the heat of the day, she'd put her head into the toilet to cool herself down, Ooh. or she'd roll around in a coal cellar to cool herself off. Oh. Then she'd climb into bed covered in coal dust. Marcus, oh this sounds like three of your ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Sounds like Marcus is a child. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds much more like me. No. It's Cold Boy. Cold Boy. <laughs> well, everyone learned to duck Annalisa's many kicks and punches. And there were days when Annalisa physically fought with her boyfriend, Peter, and her sisters from morning until night. Because remember, this dude, Peter, is still in the mix. He's still coming wow. around all the time and trying to contribute. Because I think he's thinking in the back of his mind, like, after this is all said and done, like, I get to marry this super cute girl. Yeah, and Annalisa but I gotta... was also a very nice human being she was I'm a very sure. she was a very genuine like loving human being yeah, he's wrong? putting his time in yeah is it wrong to suggest that maybe she could become a mortal Kombat character because does... they're always adding new characters to the mix now <laughs> actually smash brothers yeah Ooh, that would work <laughs> well she also went through periods where she showed disturbing strength mm. yeah. peter said he once saw her take an apple and effortlessly squeeze it with one hand until the fruit exploded under the pressure. And they're all like, oh my God. And then you know who that actually, uh, you know that inspired? Magnus Magnuson. <laughs> Magnus Ver Magnuson. Yeah, he, Magnus Ver Magnuson. He yes. saw it. He's really like, I hope to one day be as strong as that tiny little girl. <laughs> oh, well, he'll have to get possessed by the devil. Uh, is it possible that she pulled what Mickey Mouse did one time, where he took a large bowl of cheese and said, I can smash this rock, but it was cheese indeed. And then he squeezed the cheese, but they thought it was a rock. And they were like, whoa. Is it possible what I'm saying is the apple was a tomato? <laughs> I mean, do you remember that? You know, you remember that parable? Nowadays, I would say supply lines, COVID, (laughs) but I don't know. 
Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It may have been a tomato. It might have actually been a tomato. Okay. But, well, you know what? You actually do bring up a kind of an interesting point Woo-hoo! here because one of the things... Accidentally. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, one of the things that is uh, sort of uh, contentious in this case and in pretty much every exorcism case uh, is what is real and what is uh, a false memory. Exaggeration, too. Yeah, exaggeration. What what has been right. you know what has been made more impressive through the telling and retelling of a story? Because as we said in the episode one, there all kind of complicit in, in a way in, um, all of them have a belief system right. right so they now are this is giving vindication to this belief system yeah they're all feeling correct they feel like right. now weirdly more than ever god's in this house yeah because god is here paying attention to this demon <sighs> like if the demons are real you, i'm gonna have to charge him a lot of rent or kick Seriously. him out it doesn't seem very fun to have him around but if demons are real that means god is real yeah. so now you're a part of right. this scenario also like we talk about this with hauntings too where people say mass hysteria or group hallucination but i think that more means is like you know like when you're tripping balls or you're doing something with a group of people there is like a mind sink that sure, can happen of course. like and, you got you know and we will get into that later yes. like we're, we're actually going to go pretty deep into that phenomenon but i feel like that's what we're seeing here it's a little bit of like we're all in this wavelength together and they're both like making it worse and better just by having their presence be there all of them and paying attention to it it's a mind meld well i mean what was so convincing to everyone about annalise's condition was that prayer did seem to help hmm. one day Annalisa crawled under the kitchen table and started barking like a dog and refusing to come out. What are you going to do? I and don't know. So Joseph called on dependable old Thea Hine, the woman that Annalisa had attacked on the way home from San Damiano. Why do okay. I really have to go back? Do I have to go back there? <laughs> Sounds scary. Thea came over and demanded three times in the name of the Blessed Trinity for Annalisa to come out. And sure enough, meek as a lamb, she came out and took a seat at the table like nothing had happened. I'm not these for dinner time now. <laughs> like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. All right. Yeah. Okay. But that also confirmed their belief system. You know, that she, the only thing that works is prayer. And you can see it, you know, A to B every yep. single time. All right. But worst of all for Annalise's eventual fate was that she began drinking fluids only sparingly, and she refused to eat solid foods, Uh-oh. apart from the odd fly or spider. Oh my of course, that's just to keep yeah. the demon narrative rolling. Yeah, man, you know? she's fucking intense, dude. Yeah. Like, honestly, Why can't demons... I've met some of these girls on the road. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're, they get intense. <laughs> Why don't demons like better food? You would think that they wouldn't need flies or yeah. bugs. What about Salisbury steak? It's weird because <laughs> I looked up. I wanted to know. Maybe you knew this, Kissel. I actually didn't know. I wanted to look up. Why is fasting considered holy, especially within the Catholic Church? Penance and re- penance related. It's part of. It's partly penance, and it's also this idea of when you get rid of what they call like sort of like these these uh, earthly distractions right it's like things that taste good Mm -hmm. things that feel good it quote unquote leaves room for god yeah so what you're doing is is not putting food in your system because it's supposed to give you clarity Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. of god's touch and god's presence which is weird because i feel like she was almost kind of doing it on her own but then we're going to get to that's that's tactic number one for exorcisms is that they tie you up and they don't feed you that was one nice thing with the evangelical religion they got rid of that yeah Yeah. they're like you know what god likes us to be full yeah Yeah, he loves us to be (laughs) really full. And of course, whenever you do fast, you're mostly just thinking about the potluck at the end of the day. (laughs) Well, I... Henry, I'm gonna. I know you've done more work on the epilepsy than I have. So she became hypersensitive to smells and sounds. It's it, that, that seems something to that, all. It all pings. Yeah, that all pings. Yeah, she particularly like the smell of food 
would make her sick. Aww. Like the clinkings of spoons and forks would drive her fucking nuts. Huh. Like these, all these tiny little things. It was all you was know. Mesotheliomia, I think, was called mesotheliomia. Mesotheliomia. Me- that's something else. Mes- yeah. We're back here again. That was like nine years ago when we first had this conversation. Yeah, I still yeah. can't pronounce it. Mesothelmia. Mesothelmiomas. Mesothelmia. Wow, I can't. I still can't say no it. Clue. No clue. Because I remember they people bring that up. Every, people bring that up every once in a while. I was like, hey, I could fucking do that. Mesothelmia. Mesothelmioma. Fuck. Oh, uh, we'll do it off here. Oh, hey, gal. I learned that how. That's the, oh, the dick suck face I was talking about last week. Oh, uh, hey, gal. Yeah. Oh, hey, gal. Well, sometimes Annalisa wanted to eat, but either couldn't bring herself to swallow food. Sometimes she couldn't even bring herself to open her mouth. Hmm. And this condition came and went with enough frequency to cause rapid and sustained weight loss. Thinner. Yeah. Put simply, Annalise's brain was already in a precarious position before the priest confirmed to her that the problem was demonic infestation. Oh, man. But once that verification was made, it was near impossible for her to turn back by herself. Yeah. Instead, it should have been the responsibility of the parents to put a stop to all this before it went too far. But they had also put all of their chips into the demon bet. I'm not saying I justify it in any way, shape, or form, but if the, it seems like she was fairly unresponsive to the treatments that they were doing, right? So she, her, they were putting her on pills. It wasn't really working. Whatever their right. ancient techniques to cure uh, epilepsy, none of it took place. So I can almost see the desperation of the parents. If you really do believe in God yeah. enough to buy into this thing, like honestly, you, you, in a way, you think you're doing the best thing for her. Well, yeah, they weren't. The intent was positive, sort right? of. They, yeah, I guess they, so, but it's all fucked up because it's all obviously fake. Yeah, right. it's all. I mean, the intent is positive. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the intent is. It's like I mentioned last episode. It's like the they want. So I think the parents also wanted to believe that this yeah. is temporary. This yeah. is something like that uh, that story that we covered maybe a few years ago, where their kids were all tied up and all the parents had really stupid haircuts and they were like religious. But yeah, they were starving Vegas, their kids. that Vegas family. But it's not like that. No, they, were, they didn't. They didn't think that they were committing child abuse or young woman abuse. No, she was twenty four. She was. Yeah. A, I mean, she was, she was a full. Adult. Yeah, she yeah. was an adult, absolutely, and that would be a that's a that's a defense that's made later on. Okay, um, but yeah, she's she was twenty four uh, years old, and and they would try to get her to eat. Okay, like they really would, and she would say, "I want to eat," but she just couldn't. Wow. Uh, and then eventually, it got to the point where she convinced herself so much that she couldn't eat that someone should have stepped in and jammed a fucking feeding tube down her throat. That's oh. the thing; they should have yeah. put a line in her. Yeah, Dang. but once the priest said it was demons. As far as the Mickles went, no one could ever, for the rest of their lives, convince them that it was anything else. Mm. But predictably, the priests actually weren't even doing that great of a job taking care of Annalisa. Mm. When she got so out of control that her family had to take shifts watching over her, Father Alt went on vacation. What? Couldn't be reached. Hey, Why? Man. Where'd he go? The Bahamas? What is this <laughs> Europe? What's happening? This is fucking Europe. They go on vacation for like 14 weeks a year. In yeah. the middle of an exorcism? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times we, we try to go to like some little shoppy somewhere and it's been, they're like, baguettes are done for the day. And they just like, they just stop selling shit. 4 p.m. The fucking this store's yeah. closed. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying we're in the midst of a pretty important situation. If you do believe she is possessed by demons. Maybe don't clock out right now. No, no. And they're like, the demons will wait when my siesta is over. 
Get this Carnival Cruise Line tickets. I can't miss out. Well, this is a weird. <laughs> this is a weird time between the first small exorcism and the actual approved exorcism. Mm. Like they've got they've got their um, permission to dip their toes into the water, but the full exorcism has not been proved okay. just yet. But he does know that he's supposed to be on call. Like this is a woman that is in distress and shit is going in terribly wrong at the Mickle House, and yet. Yeah. Vacation. Just cut to him on the beach with a sunscreen on his nose, sunglasses on, a spinny hat. so stressed out. Well, instead, the Mickle family were visited by the man who had first caught wind of Annalise's condition from Thea Hine. That man was Father Rodewick. Now, when Father Rodewick first arrived, Annalisa was in a trance state. And when he sat down with her and held her hands, she announced that Father Rodewick was speaking with Judas Iscariot himself. Oh! More on him later. Okay. You don't worry about it. You get too close to me. I'm going to flip on you, you little fucker. <laughs> Whoa, Judas. Tell you, tell me, oh. Do not, Judas. I love a coin. Oh. <laughs> so, after Father Rodewick told Annalise that he was there to help, he pretty much left the house. I'm here to help. Hmm. I'll help you out. I'll be back later. But for reasons unknown... Annalisa came outside and slapped him on the cheek. Whoa! Now, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal to us. Well, it seems like a pretty big deal to me. I don't know. It's rude, but not earth-shattering. It happens. Women slap men every day. Yeah. (laughs) But to many Catholics, the striking of a priest is just about the surest sign there is that someone is possessed. Oh, I'll call you a priest right now. Come on. (laughs) Call me possessed, dude. Every single time I see one on a plane, I just want to go like, I believe in the devil. I'm going to take down this whole fucking airplane. I'm going to make sure you go to hell, old man. We're going to hell together, old man. That's scary. That's scary. And Father Rodewick was one of those people. Mm. And so, now that Rodewick was on board, after she slapped him, he was like, oh, possession. Possession. possessed. Wow. We got one. He conferred with the other fathers who had involved themselves in Annalise's case. And all those fathers together in their little hen clucking club, they <laughs> all had Father Alt write to Bishop Stangle to once again ask formal permission to perform a full exorcism ritual. And because Annalisa had dared to strike a man of the cloth, wow. permission was given and a dream team of exorcists was put together to drive the demons from poor Annalisa Mickle. This yeah, is it, was bigger, Father, it was th- Father Roderick. It was Father Alt. It was Hakeem Elijah. <laughs> which honestly was incredible they could even get him. I mm-hmm. love Hakeem. I mean, because of him, the Knicks aren't NBA champions and never will be. Well, maybe they're they're kind of good again this year. But yeah, of course. Houston Rockets, man. Yeah. What a trauma there. You brought that all up. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I, so I remember that. Slap- we were actually really happy when the Houston Rockets won. That was a, that was a cool... Uh, yeah, you probably were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is, a, um, this is a slap that's almost bigger than when Steven slapped Irene on the real world. Well, you're Whoa. talking about real world Whoa. Seattle right yes. now? Damn, I still remember yeah. that slap. Now we're getting Gen X with yes. this. <laughs> yes, we are. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put 
photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Now, while Father Alt led the majority of the exorcisms, the priests, including Father Rodewick and Father Roth, rotated roles. Hmm. There was a new guy brought in named Father Arnold Renz, and Father Arnold Renz became a trusted spiritual advisor to Annalisa. There's a lot of old dick around Annalisa. Yeah. Like, yeah. These guys keep turning around, because honestly, according to, I was reading about the Roman rites, I got a copy of all of this shit, the actual like exorcism manual of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have women there if it's a woman. Like mm. You're supposed to be women of good repute. 
compute. Ah, so but not how, whores. <laughs> but they're supposed to show up and, and, and pin her down. They're the ones that are supposed to hold her. So they're not there to perform the exorcism. They're there as the body, as the bodyguards. Like, yeah, they're bodyguards. Like Gaddafi's a chap- female a chaperone. Okay. It's yeah. basically a chaperone to make sure. I guess to make sure. I guess the priests are yes. gonna. I don't know. They're always gonna make a lick. It's like when I went. To, <laughs> I don't know. It's when the doctor brought in my female doctor brought in that male nurse to watch her touch my dick and balls, <laughs> and he's just there watching. How many fucking sets of dicks and balls you got to see all day? He didn't ask for this. Yeah. He sees so many, he doesn't see any. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, Father Arnold Renz was 64 years old at the time and a lifelong student at the church. And while he wasn't half schizophrenic like Father Alt Mm. was, Father Renz still had a personality that was tailor-made to believe in the power of exorcism. Mm. When Renz was psychologically evaluated during the negligent homicide trial concerning Annalise's death, it was determined that Renz was psychologically healthy. But Mm. he did have a deeply religious personality rooted in magical, mystical thinking, meaning he believed in both the supernatural and in the power of ritual to combat supernatural evil. You are supposed to have that belief system to be an exorcist. I would assume so, yeah. You're supposed to fully believe in it, and it is interesting because the manual after Vatican II says, like, well, you have to make sure that you never never misjudge a possession for psychological illness, and then they begin to show all the different ways that the devil can fake psychological illness, Mm. so you're just like, so it just comes down to it, this man needs an exorcism. Wow. And so what you had in the end was a group of priests, some fairly reasonable, some fanatical, who pushed and pulled each other's beliefs and opinions for nine months, mm. all while Annalisa Mickle wasted away and died right in front of them. Jeez. Now, the first of 67 official exorcisms began at 4 p.m. on September 24th, 1975. Cal Ripken only did 65. I know. This is breaking the. <laughs> this is definitely breaking some records. And present were Annalise's family, her boyfriend Peter, and three priests. And this, of course, increased the pressure on Annalisa to act the part of a possessed individual. Right. Come on. As far as what ritual was used, the priests followed the exorcism rite as it is written in the official ritual works of the Catholic Church, which is basically a grimoire full of magical spells called the Ritual Romanum. You want to hear a section from it? Please. Please. I cast you out, unclean spirit, along with every satanic power of the enemy, every specter from hell, and all your failed companions in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, be gone, and stay far from this creature of God. I just shat my pants. Oh. <laughs> is that okay? Is that okay did if I, I do it right? <laughs> oh, I was a shit demon, man. I did too. <gasps> Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> Butt stigmata. <laughs> Now, these rites are extensive sessions of repeated trance-like prayer with intermittent periods of rest in which the participants are encouraged to have coffee, tea, (laughs) and cake. I adjure you, ancient serpent, by the judge of the living and the dead, by your creator, by the creator of the whole universe. Ah, it's time for sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Meanwhile, your Annalise is just Uh, writhing on the bed. (laughs) Now, when the rite begins, the priests invoke God along with all the angels and saints. And once their deity and lesser demigods have been petitioned, the priests continue with the prayers. Sometimes these prayers are spoken solo by the head magician or exorcist in this case. Might because as well be a magician, man. This is all magic, dude. It's true. There is right. absolutely no difference between this shit and the rituals that we talked about in our Aleister Crowley series. Absolutely it's the none. exact same exactly. thing. Well, I mean, they're not, they're not eating shit with tea. No. Uh, they might as <laughs> but, well. And sometimes these prayers are spoken by the 
entire magical circle, which is the the congre- they call it the ca- congregation, mm-hmm. but you've got a magical circle there. That's okay. the exact same thing that we've seen magicians use in right hand path magic again and again and again. This is right hand path magic, and they don't call it a banishment, but they definitely do. They do. They set the whole top. If you read the whole the whole right, they go and they make sure that everybody is fucking like they banish demons from mm-hmm. the center. They create a magical circle. They do all the fucking yeah. bullshit. They've got all their accoutrement. They got their cassock, you know, that they wear. A lot of props. Yeah, a lot of props. They've got their holy water. You know, it's certain specific. The the goal is if you could get her to like a holy place, that's where you'd want to be. Essentially, like you'd want to put her in a church. You want to put her in some kind of like saintly place, some kind of site, whatever. And then the other thing is you bring out these little like. They're fucking tchotchkes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. hummels. They're sure. thing, and they're in special little boxes. And you're supposed to put them on her body in certain places. So it's but just never like- the Eucharist, because if a Eucharist touches the head of a demon, it can actually infect every Eucharist that exists. <laughs> Is that right? That's true. Wow. It just sounds like wow. satanic. It sounds like a satanic bingo hall. Yeah, it's all the shit that you fucking church talk shit about. Like it's literally they do it. Yeah. It's like a Chicago Cubs fan just willing his team to win. Mm-hmm. Well, in between their spells and chants, the head exorcist addresses the demon directly using a surprising tool. While one might think something along the lines of the power of Christ compels you would be the biggest offensive weapon, when an exorcist uses more than anything else... Mm. Questions. Larry King. Wow. (laughs) Now, according to the... Questions. Questions. Now, according to the lore, the reason why questions are an exorcist's greatest weapon against demons is that demons are, for some reason, incapable of asking questions in return. Hmm. It puts them on the defensive. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because they are, simply put... Unequal to humans in this way. Well, that's, that's and you're fun... lucky the rules are like that. Yeah, yeah that's a fun make them up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's also Kissel's biggest, the biggest weapon against Kissel is question. Questions. Questions. Question. Question. McLaughlin Group, PBS. Yeah. Question. No, such the exorcist can keep the demon at bay with endless queries. Yeah, you like apples? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Caught you in a lie. Got your demon. <laughs> Tell me like sandwiches. <laughs> Mostly food-related questions. Am I handsome? <laughs> See, if a priest can trick a demon into revealing his identity through a series of questions like fucking Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> then the priest has power over that demon, just like the girl in Rumpelstiltskin has power over Rumpelstiltskin when she learns the evil imp's name and welches on their deal. But okay. why does it never end? And her commanding Rumpelstiltskin to have fucking sex with her and eat her and out. I don't think that she was very attracted that's to him. A He's porn like a, tr- He's a troll. No, no, that's what I we have, need to see. I have seen that porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, damn it. Yeah. There goes my idea. <laughs> oh, all ideas have been taken by the big porn industry. Yeah. yeah. I think it was called Rumpel Hard Dick. Yeah, makes sense. I think. <laughs> Not the most clever, but okay. I, I was going to go with Rumpel Coxkin. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm imagining, maybe that was from the old school Clerks comic. Yeah. Anyway. It might be. Who knows? <laughs> but really, I mean, this whole idea of names, this is a magical belief that runs across most mystical belief systems going back to the ancient Egyptians. Hmm. Like, you go back to the story of Ra. Like, apparently, like mm-hmm. there's there's a story of someone finds out Ra's name, true name and gains power over him. And basically, if you know a person or entity's true name, then that makes them vulnerable. And it's this Ted. Is one of, it's one of the biggest magical principles there is, hmm. and it's also the one that I understand the least. Okay. Because well, it's the idea that, it does play with this idea that Marcus is not Marcus. Marcus is not dog meat, right? Mm. Marcus is this the spark. He's something else inside of it. But yes, you're not it's... Marcus, right? Yeah. Marcus, something. Your real name's probably something like 
jerky boy or, or <laughs> old, old stink fuck. So, oh, yeah, like, old stink okay, fuck. So you're yeah. saying that a name is essentially an essence. Is yes. that the true name is the you essence the essence of someone and then if you can capture their essence then you can hold power over them. Like unfortunately mine is Rumpel Harddick. Oh. <laughs> oh god. Whoa. I knew you should have a control over myself. Mm. So once the priest obtains enough information about the demon, like why they possess the victim and when they attend, intend to leave, the next step is to order the demon to leave the victim and return to hell where it belongs. Because that comes from when Jesus Christ did his first exorcism because he basically, they, I was reading the story of it, is that they brought a, a possessed boy to his disciples. They couldn't figure out what to do, and so they brought it to Jesus Christ. And the first thing he does, he's like, because you fucking idiots aren't holy enough. Let me do it properly. It's because all of your fucking idiots are yeah. not fucking Fucking holy enough, you fucking shits. And so he went in and he literally was like, Demon, you get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. And then it does. And then the demon left. It's because he was holy enough to do it. Ah, okay. I see. But it's also important for those involved to remember that the demon has not overtaken the victim's consciousness. Instead, the demon has taken over the will of the possessed, mm. meaning that exorcism is, in a way, somewhat about the power of positive thinking, which is, of course, Another magical concept. Yep. Now, when the first of the 67 exorcisms with Annalisa Mickle began, she was talking fairly normally with everyone in the room, or at least normal considering the circumstances. Yeah. Right. But once she was sprinkled with holy water, she roared and raged while her body trembled and twitched. Her father, her boyfriend, and a family friend all tried holding her down, but even with the strength of three mm -hmm. grown men, this emaciated 24-year-old woman came close to overpowering them. I did that same damn thing when I went to see my first 4D movie and they spritz you with water. Someone just flush a toilet? Where's the water coming from? Honestly, have you ever tried to pin down a really strong, thin white woman? <laughs> <laughs> not in a hard way, but you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 people... Not in a legal way? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen these videos, right? I've seen these videos. These videos? Uh -huh. I'm not talking what about pornography. Talking about? I'm talking about, like, public freakouts and stuff oh, like that. Oh, public no, freakouts. No, someone is going through a psychological fit, they do show different amounts of strength. A mm -hmm. lot of strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, like, some sort of, like, seizure, like, some yeah. sort of seizure fit. Like, it is. The strength is insane. It is. Yeah. I can't even hold down Jerry half the time. He's <laughs> crazy. Just, when he's he wants like to run liquid. Yeah, because he sees a squirrel, and I'm like, God dang it, Jerry. And then, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to when someone really has the passion to do something, mm -hmm. it's very difficult. Look at what we did with podcasting. Oh. <laughs> We've held it down for 10 years. Well, at times, Annalisa would tell them to, quote, put away that shit, cool. referring to the holy water. Or she'd call the priest, you dirty sow, or oh. my, my very, you shit guy. You shit Guy, oh my God, how'd she know? That sounds like one of those things that you think about, like later on, like you'd be like, "Oh, that was a bad comeback." <laughs> yeah, I should have called him with shit. I actually kind of like that one. Now, when the priest asked the standard questions of "Who are you? Why are you here? And when are you leaving?" Annalisa gave no answers. Hmm. So Father Renz fell back on prayers and calls for aid from the Virgin Mary as well as various saints. He's basically falling back on the rituals as they're laid out in his grimoire. Naturally, it did no good whatsoever. And by the end of it, Annalisa was merely furious, aggravated, and in far worse condition than when the exorcism began. So it was a success. <laughs> it's hard, though, because you imagine at some point, like, if I was sort of kind of faking it and not also riddled with whatever it is going on, she was really far gone. Because at some point I'd be like, all right, guys, 
We did it. It's gone. His it's name's Azazel. Just get him out. I'm done. Well, the problem is that they, with these exorcisms, they kept saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And that, and that, that they kept moving the goalposts sure. again and again. And they would get, and we're going to talk about it, but they would get moments of hope yeah. that would show them, like, oh, we are on the right road. That's here, the right? devil lying to you. Ah. Well, all told, the exorcism had lasted from 4 p.m. until 11.30 that night, seven hours. Okay. And the following 66 exorcisms performed over the subsequent nine months would last anywhere between two at the least and nine Jesus. hours when do they, at the most. When does OT kick in? After at eight. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the first exorcism of Annalisa Mickle was merely chronicled by hand by Father Renz. But on the suggestion of Thea Hine, Father Renz began tape recording the sessions, starting with the second one, held five days later. Okay. Yep. And one of the reasons why the Annalisa Mickle possession case has become so famous outside of Germany in the last decade or so is that the audio from one of the exorcisms has long since been posted to YouTube, where mm. anyone can find it at any time. And actually, we played this many, many years ago uh, when we were uh, we covered our, I think we covered it in an episode called Possessed or Cat Noises. Yeah. <laughs> And while the actual content of Annalise's ravings can't be understood unless you know German, it speaks to the pure power of the tapes that they're no less chilling, even if you don't understand what she's saying. Let's listen to about 30 seconds. Yes, let's do it. German also sounds like a pretty good language to be possessed in. It is. Oh, yeah. I think she's screaming nine. nine. Sounds like she's screaming nine. All right, ma'am. And also, would you like a Diet Coke with that? Or <laughs> Wow. Well, that is, I mean, it that is uh, very compelling. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's, I mean, she's definitely feeling something. Yeah. No, no. She's screaming no. She's screaming yes. She's calling uh, confessional that shit thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so then she's, she's screaming about the confessional. She's talking so about she the did... Catholic Church and, and, and being as blasphemous as she possibly can be. I mean, Sweet. no joke. How did she have the vocal cords to do that for nine hours? We'll talk about that here in a bit. Okay. There is a, there are theories behind that. Because that was impressive. It is. Now, I'd always assumed that these tapes had been leaked, considering how secretive the Catholic Church usually is when it comes to exorcism, mm -hmm. and especially considering uh, these tapes were used as evidence in a negligent homicide trial. But to the contrary, the priests themselves made the tapes readily available worldwide as proof that the church's reforms were resulting in demon attacks. Yep. Mm. Or rather, that God was letting these demons attack because he was pissed off about the Vatican II reforms. So this is all just 100% political. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. It it's really like, is. It's kind of interesting how they, they did use this as being like, say, say, mm -hmm. say. say. Wow. Okay. Now, these priests believe that Annalisa was suffering molestations from a malevolent entity who had taken over her will, not her soul, uh -oh. meaning that her words and deeds were not her own. Malevolent molestations? Yeah. Oh, no. As such, the priests believe that her intermittent epileptic seizures were not misfiring neurons, but demons shaking her and pushing her about the room. Mm. 
See, epilepsy is often made worse by stress. Oh, yes. And the longer the exorcisms went on, the more stressed Annalisa became. And the more stressed she became, the worse her epilepsy got. The worse the tremors got, the worse the hallucinations got. Right. Everything. Eventually, her hallucinations began manifesting as separate identities. And this is where Annalisa participated in the feedback loop the hardest. Also, Mm. imagine she's going through this and there is a part of it... Maybe she's going through all of this and there is stuff that she is kind of tripping out on the scenario. So she is acting the way they want her to. She is appearing to be demonic. But also, what if she's also having mini seizures as she's going? She's having seizures because people talk about like one of the things that come up is the personality changes involved with epilepsy mm-hmm. and how like you really can say stuff you don't mean or sound like somebody else, especially after you've had a seizure. Like mm-hmm. if you come out of it, you, a lot of times they, they say you don't remember what happened or they like they're in a funk. They're like all fucked up after it, especially if you've had like a mind minor seizure or something because there's some of them that you don't necessarily like it's not full grand mall some of it can you 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 just go blank and then pop back up and you've had a seizure no one knows yeah well the exorcist kept asking her the names of the demon or demons tormenting her and in order to please her unwitting tormentors Annalisa created personalities for the demons. Graham Parsons! Graham Parsons! <laughs> get, get this man some whiskey! He must be thirsty after all those years in hell. <laughs> and since Annalisa was an intelligent, studied woman, she chose a mix of biblical and historical figures to play the villains in this shared fantasy. Okay. Although she only identified six demons, she claimed to have been inhabited by seven. What do you mean only? That's a lot of demons. Hey. You know, hey, could be many more than that. We should be thankful. Okay. I mean, I've heard of exorcism cases where people say that they've been inhabited by 50 demons, 60 yeah. demons. Like, it goes it goes pretty high. Okay. She did the six demons because it's better than the seven demons. It's like six-minute abs yeah, versus the seven-minute abs. Of course. Well, here's the seven. The betrayer, Judas Iscariot. <gasps> the fallen angel, Lucifer. A boy! The Christian-hating Roman Emperor, Nero. We should oh cover one day, but his stuff is actually far more exaggerated than you think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was Adolf Hitler. Oh, he oh was new goodness. in hell. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> new boy on black. Yeah. yeah. It was Cain. Of Undertaker's the... brother. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> the biblical Cain oh, and Abel. Uh, a disgraced 16th century priest named Valentin Fleischmann. Cool. <laughs> and a further... Unnamed entity. Stephen Miller. What the heck? <laughs> now, Valentin Fleischmann is an obscure historical figure to most people, but to Annalisa, he was kind of a local boogeyman, almost a Catholic urban legend. Mm. Fleischmann was a priest in Bavaria who was defrocked and excommunicated for being a womanizer and a drunk, a brutal bully who beat a man to death in his own parish. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun, but it also is kind of cool. Yeah. It must have been a... It, it was an exciting mass. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. that is for sure. When the priest beats someone <laughs> to, to death, death on a Sunday morning, be like, holy fucking shit, still, it's 10 a.m. Are we still doing communion or what are we doing here? Now, for Annalise's purposes, Fleischmann played an important role. While the other historical figures represented persecution or betrayal... Fleischmann represented the corruption of the priesthood and therefore the corruption of the Catholic Church. Mm. Vatican II, once more. These guys all just fucking high-fiving each other. Just being like, we fucking got this shit. This is the fucking one. This is our hit. Number one. We're going to go back to Vatican I anytime now. 
and these figures began showing up fairly early on in the exorcism process. Both Lucifer and Nero were present during the session on September 29th, the first one that was recorded. Uh, was she doing character work, though? Uh, well, almost. Yeah, mm. yeah, she was. She yeah. must accent work? They Come did, on. They had some. They had a tone. Like they uh, all had different tones. Sure, sure. She did also have to say like, "I am Nero." And <laughs> That's then she not would, a good impression. <laughs> that is not. No, she could do. Alec, she could just be SNL's new Alec Baldwin. Oh, <laughs> don't bring him up. He's a murderer. I know what happened. But to give you an idea of what Annalisa actually said during her exorcisms, Henry will first read an excerpt from a Lucifer speech, yes. while I will take Judas. <gasps> okay. Now here, in this speech, Lucifer is the persecutor, the one who punishes Annalisa. But interestingly, the most powerful figure of demonic evil in existence seems to mostly be concerned with interrupting the day-to-day life of a college student. This is just what I'm doing today. That's just what you're doing today, Lucifer? <laughs> this is my Wednesday. Lucifer, how bored are you in hell right now? Let's just say I've done all the puzzles. <laughs> the pretentious one is obsessed. This is our work. She cannot take any exams. I'll take care of it. The snot-nosed is cursed. I will not let her free. I will not get out alone. Oh, and we are so many inside her. The snotty snot is ours. What? You have to pray much more. By order of the Virgin Mary, they should still recite a rosary or else we cannot come out. This affair will last at least for half a year still. By order of that lady, people should fast. She was cursed from the beginning. She was cursed before birth. Well, I mean, he gave them the exit plan. He did, Just waited out six months. Yeah, 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 but still, hey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a rough six months. It's going to be a hard six months. Go to bed. But they don't understand how fast six months can go, especially as they get older. Oh, I know. Doesn't time keep on going? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was Lucifer. That's Lucifer. And here is Judas, okay. who takes yes. the role of both a critic commenting on the current state of the Catholic Church and the role of the one who taunts the priests participating in the exorcism. Let's not forget, though, there are many people who believe Judas was more powerful than Jesus because without Judas, Jesus is not crucified. Judas was mm-hmm. a part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. People standing during Holy Communion. This pleases me more than kneeling. I hate it. Sweet. That cassock that you wear, the great majority do not wear it anymore. Yeah. They no longer obey the Pope in Rome. Oh, yeah. It is the one in Rome who keeps the church going. Father Renz, I know you have been to China, and there you have offended me much. You snatch souls from me. He hates China. The one from Frankfurt, Father Roderick, has expelled me several times, but now he can no longer do so because he is so old. My heart. My heart. Oh my. Gertrude goes down there to Portugal and preaches of the Virgin Mary and speaks of the apparitions in 1917. No one believes in them nowadays. Yes. That one is taking so many from me. The snotty slut. That's what is all stupid. This? That cursed one. Whoa, bro. What's, all snotty, what's all this snotty slut stuff? Yeah, you don't like her. Snot, it's, snotty? That's no. the ama- that is actually the most common insult that the demons use to talk about Annalisa. They call her snot nose. Snot nose. Snot nose shows up again and again and again and again. It's it, it's the only thing she can think of, really. It really kind of sounds like Machine Gun Kelly's diss on Eminem. Just kind of calling the priest old a bunch, mm-hmm. calling him snot nose. She's not a roaster. No. I mean, she doesn't yeah. know how to properly take somebody apart, never mind herself, especially as a character. Sure. This is what I want to talk about, being a character comedian, and just how difficult it is <laughs> it to is. think of different perspectives, yeah. think of different angles, especially from somebody else's shoes. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. It ain't easy. That's why I have higher empathy. Yes. Yes, you do. 
for her improv <laughs> skills or lack thereof. Well, I think that she is also she was a very sheltered human being. Mm-hmm. So like snot nose, that's like that's the worst thing that anyone's ever called well, her. It's I cold think. and flu season. Yeah. So I would appreciate is. a and little also, bit of respect. And calling herself a slut often to be I feel like it actually kind of reflects her relationship with Peter too and like Maybe. all of that kind of weird old school ideas of their romantic relationship and sure. just like that could be like they held hands in. a little too long once yes. and oh. now she had impure thoughts yeah. of him now the different demons that Annalisa channeled could be identified by their tone of voice expressions and way of speaking Lucifer for example spoke majestically intelligently and always to the point okay Hitler, on the other hand, <laughs> just barked Heil hey, over and over hey, again, hey, which, hey, <laughs> which I think spoke to how little Annalisa actually knew about Hitler. Yeah, but right. This is not surprising. She should have knew a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like they would have taught some of that in the schools at the time. This is 1975, man. This is not that long after World War II. Yeah. I think most Germans were trying, desperately trying to forget Hitler at right. this period in their time. You know, like that, that. It was very highly traumatizing and highly embarrassing part of their history. Yeah, sure. I think so. Horrible. In one particularly long exorcism in November of 1975, one of the exorcists, probably Father Alt, decided to get to know each of the demons a little bit better by asking them, Hey, why are you in hell? Hey, come on. Hey, <laughs> where do you get your ideas from? <laughs> yeah. Let me just put on a little record here, uh, some soothing music. Notice I did wear my best, best little suit. Please, let's get to know each other a little bit. <laughs> Hitler was there for the usual reasons. What was that? Because he'd killed so many and then killed himself. The thing was killing himself. That was no, a big that crime. Was, that was a big crime problem. because all he has to do the is say, I'm sorry, did. right before he dies, and then he gets to go to heaven. Yeah. Oh, the old Dahmer effect. Okay. Cain of Cain and Abel was in hell because he slew his brother. Yes. Sure. Judas said that he went to hell because he despaired. Okay. And Lucifer oh. went because he wanted to rule. Not sir. Yes, Although yes, I he did. actually, yeah, it's better to rule in hell. <laughs> it is not accurate that Judas would be in hell because he did ask for forgiveness, according to Bibu, that uh, and then he hung himself. It's mm-hmm. almost so. Like, I think that he actually would go to heaven. But if he hung himself, then that's an unforgivable sin. Yes, it is. But even if you ask for it, for, oh, you, you can't don't do know it. that. Yeah, you can't do it. Mm. Suicide. It's from for I'm some reason. Sorry. Suicide is like the worst thing you can do within the Catholic Church. Yeah, uh, yeah. You okay. really you I think can't. Maybe he might be more in purgatory than. Well, we'll see. Yeah, you can't say I'm sorry before. I'm sorry. You can't say I'm sorry and then you know hang yourself. You have to. You have to just stick it out. At yeah. least in the and Catholic. die the old fashioned way, death by train. <laughs> well, as far as Father Fleischman went, he was damned because he quote administered his office so badly. Yeah, he had an office mix-up. <laughs> that was really what it was. It was his lack of delegation skills yeah. and beating a man to death in the parish. So ah, yeah, he yes. should have delegated. Yeah. yeah. What was intriguing, though, was that there was one demon who never named himself throughout the entirety of Annalisa's exorcisms. Hmm. He only spoke through the pronoun I. Okay. And on the night of the get-to-know-you session, Father Renz questioned these demons from 4 p.m., Till past 1 a.m., but never got the name of the seventh demon. Oh, man, people ask okay. me to do Detective Popcorn at the Q&As and stuff like that. I can't imagine doing it for like nine hours. It's hard because you have to come up with shit for nine hours. Absolutely. Well, if you listen to the exorcisms, it does tend to come back on itself quite a bit. Yes. Now, in addition to taunting the actions of the priests, Annalisa, speaking as the demons, would call the priest names. Sal, Carcass was another favorite, uh, but mostly just called plain old asshole. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Asshole. Yeah. It means asshole. Okay. <laughs> 
And while Annalisa ranted as these demons, her voice would change from the sweet sounds of a German Fraulein to an undulating hoarse scream. Yeah, it's very black metal. Yeah. Yeah. It was said that the words and phrases came out like muddy bubbles bursting. Ooh, I love a, that fucking a, phrase. I love that. It's a really good description. Yeah. yeah. But tellingly, no matter which demon was speaking, whether it be the ancient Roman Nero or the fallen angel Lucifer, the voices would always come through in a rough, rural Bavarian dialect. Don't just because you're possessed doesn't mean you need to forget your roots. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. But even though Annalisa would growl and scream for hours on end, her voice was never hoarse afterward, no matter how loud or how long she yelled. Wow. Now, while some point to this as proof of possession, there is a reason behind this phenomenon. Was she eating Vaseline like <laughs> Stefan Marbury did? Uh, ugh. Was what for what? Oh, Steph had a small mental break. I love Stefan. He's actually like the Michael Jordan of China with basketball, uh-huh. so good for him. Uh, but he had a small mental break and he ate a whole bunch of Vaseline on YouTube for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he, but uh, it didn't really help anything. No, it doesn't. Um, but anyway, he's doing great now. That's good. good yeah, he's the number good. one shoes, number one shoes sold in China. No shit. Are he's literally the Jordan of China. No Stephon shit. Stefan Marbury. Yeah. Yep. Strawberry. Well, it's very possible that Annalisa, as well as other possession victims, unconsciously tapped into a vocal style used by Tibetan monks, Mm -hmm. where they're able to vibrate two registers simultaneously, which is why some people say that that's why exorcism, you know, what sounds like there's two voices. Yeah, it sounds like there's two voices. It sounds insane. Or as far as how she was able to keep her voice clean, (laughs) she was able to replicate techniques used by Mongolian throat singers. Mm -hmm. Huh. Like that this is some sort of... Did she have a history of knowing who these people were? No, not at all. But okay. it is the same thing. Like it, it is the same. Like these, those guys can do that throat singing for sure. hours on end and they're fine. Okay. Yeah, because like, it's like you sing and make throat noise. It was like... <laughs> oh, God. Why I can't do I, it. It's not no. good radio. Yeah. <laughs> My asshole just sealed up for some reason. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know, Henry. <laughs> Yikes. Are you trying to court me? <laughs> Now, concerning her ability to understand other languages, that's always something that uh, comes up in exorcisms again and again in possession cases. They it's can knowing under- a language they don't know. It's knowing the future. It's being that kind of speaking shit. a language they don't know. This seems to be, at least in the Annalisa Mickle case, an exaggeration okay. on the part of the priests. Where one source claims that Annalisa was able to understand Chinese because demons understand all languages because they've been around since the world's creation. The other source reports the opposite. See, the demons knew German, and they knew Latin. At least they knew Latin passably well. Which isn't surprising, considering how devout of a Catholic Annalisa was. She was bound to pick up some. But when Father Renz asked her something in one of the Chinese languages, the demon told him that if he wanted to ask something, ask it in German. Maybe he's just racist. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it does sound like that. But interestingly, Annalisa's exorcism took the same pattern as her pre-exorcism possession. After the demons were in the driver's seat for a little while, Christian figures then began speaking through Annalisa Mickle. Once okay. you get to season four, mm. you yeah. really do need to start adding characters. You got to figure out otherwise side plots. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You got to get a duck in there, something oh, yeah. like that. Sure. Oh, that would be fun. Has anyone ever been possessed by an animal? Ooh. Quack, quack. <laughs> no, you had just have... <laughs> that was just you. Oh, quack, quack. Do you remember doing that? What? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> Drawing from her knowledge of Christian history, Annalisa began speaking as Padre Pio, yep. for oh. one, the guy that we talked about last episode, started speaking as a peasant named Barbara Weigand, who had received visions of the Virgin Mary calling for the renewal of religious life. It's all very on theme here. Yep. Yes. And she spoke as Therese Newman, a German mystic who consumed no food other than the Eucharist for 40 years straight, and also claimed to spend 40 years without drinking water. Well, that's not possible. So um, that's no, a lie. It's no, it's a lie. But maybe she lie. had a big, thick Eucharist. Yeah. <laughs> because I, you can get a big, prime cut of bread. The biggest one. Yeah, you I can do that. And then know, it does man. turn into blood and body. You so need you a do get stack of them. you got to put peanut butter on them. you yeah. technically got to crumble up. you got to put them in a meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Can you put a pepperoni on the Eucharist? Can you make <laughs> you it can. more like a Lunchable? You you or is that sacrilegious, though? Oh, yeah, of course. Fuck them. No, that's not true, Henry. You don't want to piss off the Eucharist. That's right. Whatever, man. It's shitty bread. You piss off one, you piss off all. You piss we know off this. All I of want them. to. Now yeah, man. Killed by bread. I like bread with grain in it. Well, I'll, yeah. Can you put something on it? Ooh, or focaccia. Ooh, I've been also getting back into Grey Poupon. Ooh. It's very Yeah, good. I got some Grey Poupon. It's yes, nice. It this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive. 
as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, based on the appearance that Annalisa was speaking as both demonic and divine beings, it was decided that this was not a demonic possession, but rather an atonement possession okay. ordered by God to demonstrate his displeasure with the church. They just keep on moving those goalposts and trying to figure out how do we validate our way to, I guess, because they're, they're going to put in an invoice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How do we how do we fucking box this up and make it look like exactly what we want it to be? Yes. Right. But naturally, after calm periods with the Christians in control, the demons would return, often violently. In one session, Annalisa grabbed Taya Hine by the throat with the strength of a bear and almost strangled her. Sweet. But as I said earlier, the biggest problem with this case is that it's difficult to tell whether the people involved are telling the truth or embellishing events to strengthen their case through the extreme fallibility of memory. I mean, they also watched a girl die, and they're on they're in court, yeah. so they got to figure out what to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, they get their stories straight yeah. before they get fucking go to jail. That's right. There's very real consequences here. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, as far as that memory thing goes, Father Renz claimed that he once brought Annalisa three glasses of water, one with holy water from Lourdes. One with holy water from San Damiano, and one containing tap water. Okay. This is like that Chris Farley sketch with the "We replaced your coffee with with crystals." You son you of a son bitch! Of a <laughs> All right. Now, from what Ren said, Annalisa called the holy stuff San Damiano shit water, Whoa. Okay. and only drank for the tap, despite not knowing which one was which. Okay, who knows? But she also might have been, you know, and Father Ren's might have also been giving her subtle clues of like, sure. go for that one. Oh. 
the one, the one over there. Go to the left. One maybe the right. you want on the right. this one. Yeah, maybe this is the one that you want. Now, as far as how these demons found their way into Annalisa, or perhaps why God chose her for possession, Annalisa's mother, Anna, had a couple of theories. And they both involved curses <gasps> from evil women. Okay. No. The first possible curse came from a World War II refugee in the village of Liebelfing, where Annalisa was born. Anna claimed that the curse was cast out of envy that Anna and Joseph Mickle were doing well. Oh, this is a way. That sounds like my mom's view of say. how the world looks. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's because they were jealous of the way that we were living our lifestyle. Yeah, with the, with the stolen cable that you guys had? No, it's the stained glass. <laughs> look at all. Oh, look at all. Oh, one of it's a heron. It's a heron. <laughs> I love that. So the Mickles were doing well. This refugee was struggling to survive. So she put a curse on him. Okay. And Anna and Joseph. I got it to you. Yeah, I got it to you. No. Anna and Joseph even tried tracking her down to ask, like, did you curse our daughter? Can you uncurse her, please? Yeah, but she's dead. Yeah, well, yeah. well, then the curse should die too. Yeah, I don't know if it works like that. My yeah. ex's mom had to clear all my soul of curses that had been placed on me by various jealous actors. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how it is. All right. Well, the other possibility, as far as who cursed Annalisa, was the wife of her dead older half sister's father. The wife. Wait, <laughs> what? The wife of her dead older half sisters. Father. Okay. Okay. Why would he why? curse her? Why? Okay. That? Yeah. Why say, this woman? In 1947, Anna had a relationship with a man at her father's sawmill and had a child with him named Martha. This was before she was with Joseph. Okay. Oh, wow. That must have been a big deal. Had to have been a big deal. Must have been a pretty, uh, I don't know, sawmill. Yeah. A, a dangerous place to have sex. You just wipe the dust off and then you stick it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Anna and Joseph married in 1950. But Martha died at the age of eight. But that's inconsequential. Okay? Oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Nope. The consequ- Bye, Martha. You're dead. Bye. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. The consequential part is that Martha's biological father married another woman who was jealous of Anna's good fortune. They're jealous oh. of our family. They're jealous of the, our <laughs> lifestyle. They don't like the fact that I we got new plants. You see this dog statue? One is Annabelle. One's Wendy. <laughs> no one is jealous of any of these people. I got a pink, I got a pink mailbox. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I mean, that she really did think that, that this woman was so mad that she had to marry this sawmill worker while Anna got the prize that was Yosef Mickle, mm-hmm. that she placed a curse on her. Okay. This woman placed a curse on your firstborn, a curse upon your firstborn. I got you. Yeah. And that was, of course, Annalisa. Now, if God is all-powerful, then the only logical conclusion, and this is the conclusion that even most religious people come to, including the Catholic Church, is that demonic possession happens because God permits it to happen, which yep. is usually filed under moves in mysterious ways. Like Bullshit. 9-11. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, it's just like 9-11. It is a lot yeah. like 9-11, yeah. isn't it? What I think this means is that God searches for someone who is first cursed by a malevolent person before they're possessed. Because hmm. I think it's the curse that allows that person to be possessed. So, so God, God is to... just going along with anyone. You can just some randomly dude, curse random and then God is God. like, well, yeah. you've been cursed by this random ass crazy person. So. Yeah. And so, they... so that person technically controls God. The most powerful thing. The thing that controls all reality. It's more like he builds the highway for God. Like kind of tells, tells him like, hey, Why God... does God have rules? Well, there's, it's nothing but Why rules. Why does God have rules? <laughs> Got to. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like it doesn't make any sense. Well, it has to make, you have to have rules. I'm just saying like entirely. Henry, this is why we have the Pope. 
You have the Pope. Oh, that's He's right. Making rules. Oh, I just got so confused, and then I forgot that we had the Pope <laughs> with his he big clears, hat he and his bulletproof. It. He's in a bulletproof case. Not anymore. He's supposed to go to heaven as soon as he gets shot in the fucking head. He clears it up. That's what he's here for. He clears it up. He's the one that tells us all this stuff. Pope John Paul, he's a saint. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he got shot and he lived. Whatever. You have to be, <laughs> someone's got to come at you. And then yeah. you got to live. And get then you the can other, be a saint. Get, get yeah. the new one. Get all of them. But the new one, he just drives around like a little Miata or something. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think the bulletproof Pope thing still exists. That's weird. That's not weird. Whatever. Well, when it came to Annalisa, it just so happened that she became the vessel for God's anger because she was already weakened by the machinations of some backwoods Bavarian witch. Mm. Speaking to the point of God's will, though. Demons are not allowed to kill a person they possess. Oh. It's said that they always want to kill their victims. They really want to. But God prevents them from doing so because that's going just a bit too far. That doesn't make any well, sense. Actually, well, this does make a lot of sense. Okay. I think this makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Think about Old Testament God versus New Testament God. Old Testament God murders people by the hundreds, the tens of the, the fucking to do it. tens does, of thousands. Yeah, actively does it. Loves hundreds. To do it. He drowns them, burns them up, once, sends, he drops rocks on them, fucking once, gives them plagues. He once drowned the entire world except for a drunk and his sons. He had sex with his daughters. Yes, he did. Yep. He had to. Yep, he had to. Yeah. <laughs> he had to because God drowned everyone else. Yep. But the New Testament God is more about finding God's grace through suffering and misery, oh, a la yeah. Mother Teresa. Oh, so he's passive-aggressive. <laughs> and great. it's all like, yeah, I guess you could do that to yourself. So we got a German God and a Canadian God. Yep. <laughs> so what are we going to choose? I guess the Canadian one. Now, concerning why Annalisa was so open to suggestion, she had a nervous system that was much more sensitive than other people's. More importantly, though, Annalisa was extraordinarily talented in accessing what's known as a religiously altered state of consciousness, mm. or a rask. A rask. I feel like this is a, it's a trance state. Yeah, that's what, exactly what it is. And she, but she went to the trance state before her exorcism. Okay. She was already in it when they showed up. And exorcisms are known to induce an altered state of consciousness on a group level. That's why religious people see and experience so much off-the-wall shit during exorcism rites. Because they're all joined in on it. They're yeah. all on the same wavelength. And there's a bit of hypnotism, too, because of the rhythmic speaking, what you're trying to get across. You're saying it over again and again. And you're supposed to listen intently, so you are listening intently in the priest, no matter what, Nestle's it kind of draws you even deeper into yeah. a trance. And you're sure. also fucking terrified because yeah. you believe that you are in the room with a demon. Right. What's fascinating, though, fascinating. is that demon possession is the rarer consequence of a religiously altered state of consciousness. Most of these are closer to what the Pentecostals experience, taken by the Holy Ghost, <gasps> oh, instead of being taken by the devil. Like the lead singer of Corn when he did that. <laughs> lead singer of Corn, man, he would wear that skirt and he wouldn't wear any pants or panties, underwear, oh. or underwear, and you can see his balls oh. jiggling and jangling. Oh, what a fun day. What a fun day. That summer sanitarium tour. Oh, boy, Corn was great on that one. Yes. 1999. I saw a that. wonderful time. Well, speaking of Corn, Carolina Hidalgo is in a movie with a member of of corn. Well, let's see. Well, we're we're going to pump see, this we're gonna, We'll see if it comes. We'll see if it happens. We'll oh, see yeah, if it happens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if it comes out. Well, basically, how this applies to Annalisa is that her possession was a form of trance that was maintained and encouraged when a set of rituals were introduced. The Latin recited during these rituals then maintained the trance the same way a mantra is used during meditation. Because okay. they can keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get non-scientific with it, if you want to get a little bit woo-wee-woo, some think that the reason why so-called possessed people display telepathic knowledge is because they tap into the shaman, healer, diviner section 
of the collective unconsciousness. It has been a rough PR year for the shaman. It yeah. has been. Yeah. It's it been a hard been. year for the yeah. shaman. Well, just the name. But yeah. we're talking the old school. Okay, old know? school shaman. Say pre-2020. Okay, great. Pre-2021. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, for example, Annalisa seemed to know when someone was praying for her in another town and at what time. She also wrote in her diary of various dead souls visiting her, including the deceased nephew of Father Roth. And this was a person she had no prior knowledge of. Hmm. You know, I'm all about this. Mm-hmm. I do believe that something like I'm about you, can, it too. you can tap in. You can yeah. tap in a little bit, especially in extreme duress, this type of high, high stress. And also you sure. are in a trance state. I do believe you do it. But also, you know, he could have said something. Yeah. At some point about his nephew. I mean, it was like the 70s. and It's like God's are. He's a priest. He's got a dead nephew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all could be lucky guesses. It really no, could be. Even lucky. And you also just... wonder if, like, John Edwards crossing over, not John Edwards, disgusting politician, um, if they just throw the stuff out there and then obviously whatever is true sticks and they mm-hmm. just kind of forget. Yeah. yeah, everything else that she says. Yeah, really could be. Now, eventually, the demons and the divine both seem to be working against Annalise's interest, almost as if she was subconsciously trying to commit suicide through possession. Mm. And considering how she was deep into clinical depression by this point, she very well may have been doing just that. Damn. What's his name from uh, Joy Division? Uh, Ian Curtis. I think about he him died all the time. Possession? Well, he, no. <laughs> he had very bad no, suicide. He had very bad epilepsy. Really bad. Epilepsy. And there was oh. very. They couldn't really control it. He could, I think that he. I, he uh, could. For, he could control it. It's just that if he were to control it, then he, he would, would not, have to leave his. He whole would life. not be able to be the lead singer of Joy Division yeah. or any sort. He would not be able to live the life that he wanted to live. And it's, it put it's him very, in a great despair. It's, it's an insanely complicated, but a really. Yeah, it's a you know great story. We covered it in our Joy Division series. Good plug. Too bad. But yeah, it is. I think that epilepsy does. They seem to go hand in hand. Mm. A lot of times, depression and epilepsy, these types of things, they all roll together. It's they be really depressing do. to have epilepsy. It's very hard. Yeah. You don't have control over your body, especially in these kind and of like, this is actually, technically, it's like medieval medicine is what they're yeah. using. Well, they're, at this point, they're doing like, you know, Tegretol, like they're giving medications because Yeah, but it's hard she's, shit. I mean, she's actually around the same time period as Ian Curtis. Yeah. They're like, you know, mm. the, these medications that they give are, are so insanely heavy um, yeah. and they can really fuck with everything that you are. Um, and it was, it's, it causes, it, it, epilepsy does cause extreme depression yeah, I believe uh, in it. people just because it's that, uh, it's like, it's why that is this happening that, to like, me, man? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Why is this happening to me in, in the idea that life is never going to be uh, quote unquote normal right, for you yeah. you know it's it's, it's, it's a diffi- very difficult thing to accept of course now while the lucifer personality was telling annalisa that he would be very happy if she were taken to the neurological clinic and lore <laughs> that's the problem man <laughs> is that they're like, listening to the fucking do- the demon <laughs> but the lucifer has the best idea yet no, yes. that's, well, go that's to the, the hospital it's the reverse psychology yeah. like i would be really happy if you went but she doesn't want to make lucifer happy so she's not going to do what makes lucifer happy Oh, my God. And at the same time, the Virgin Mary and Jesus were also telling her that she was going to be a saint for her sacrifice. Oh, that's even the worst. That's, yeah. that's creates the shitty validation part of it where it's like, oh, so your whole life gets to be wasted for the fucking church and barely cares about you? Uh-huh. Essentially, both sides were trying to kill her for different reasons, Damn. you know, at least in her brain. You know, both both sides are fighting, but both sides are fighting for death. Yeah. It's Ugh. like the insurance companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. But both Mother Mary and Jesus would also sometimes give Annalisa hope. They appeared and told her that she would be released from all demonic possession at the end of October. So, Fathers Alton Rins prepared for an extended Halloween act. 
Halloween. The demon says we're out in October. It doesn't seem to matter if you're doing exorcisms or not. Just wait out the demon. I, I, uh, well, oh, maybe right. you're incorrect. Maybe you, I fucking, am. you don't know, man. Maybe you I don't am. know. But that's the thing is that that's Jesus and Mother Mary saying you're going to be released in October. But Aren't remember, they the most powerful ones? Still got to do it yourself. You got to do it. You got to do it. Because if they were to do everything for you, wouldn't that take the flavor out of life? Yeah, man, because then you didn't choose it, Kissel. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's why it's the same mentality that's been going on ever since. It's this whole thing of like, oh, so God can just save me? Like, "Mm, (laughs) sure he can. He can do a lot of things. (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely. He can give you a fucking huge dick if he wanted to. Oh, he won't. Nice. You got to <laughs> oh, tug on it until it's it. longer. Well, as that ritual on All Hallows' Eve went on and on and on, it appeared as if the exorcism rite was finally working. Father Fleischmann, the least notorious of the demons, was driven out first, mm-hmm. followed by Hitler, Cain, Nero, and Judas in okay. that order. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so, a, so a, Lucifer's the closer. Yeah. So that's a big perch. And I. That's the thing. The last was Lucifer. But as each demon left, Annalisa retched and screamed <laughs> indescribable sounds. Then once Lucifer was driven out, Annalisa declared that she was free. Completely free. This and is everyone like that in the movie. Room. This is like The Last Exorcist. It's yeah. the same thing where it's like The Last Exorcism where it's just like everything's chill and it seems like, oh, we're mm-hmm. all cool. But again, the one thing that you learn from the the Roman Catholic Exorcism Manual, that's where they get you. Mm-hmm. There's always a twist. The congregation, as they sang the closing hymn, not 15 minutes later, they were interrupted by a familiar guttural growl and oh, scream. Oh, oh it's Cain! <laughs> oh, it's gotta be Cain! <laughs> Hellfire and brimstone. The mysterious unnamed demon declared that he had not left. Oh, all the rest of them have, but I ain't gone. Wow. And at 1.30 a.m., the priests again gave up. Now, for the rest of the year, the exorcisms continued on at least a weekly basis. But just to get this one out? Yeah. Yep. And sometimes even more frequently than that. By the beginning of 1976, the exorcisms became shorter, and it became more difficult to access any demonic personality because Annalise's strength was beginning to falter. Because she's not eating. By February, she had almost completely stopped eating. Oh, man. She told Father Renz that she was not allowed to eat, that although she might be tremendously hungry, there was a barrier which did not allow her to eat. I feel like this is where... They should have put a food line in her. And this is a, in the trial. They said the same thing. Yeah. It's oh, right around like February that it's like you, you should have. Something should have done here. She yeah. needs food. You guys are technically it's been like, OK, guys, cool. 90 percent done. Mm-hmm. Now give her some food. Then we can wrap all this shit Please, back up. God. Like, you know, even if we make a milkshake and you fucking hold her nose and you pour it down her throat like the old school ways of doing it. Yeah. Ooh, waterboard via milkshake. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up indeed. <laughs> well, from February 29th on, Leap Day, the demons no longer spoke. Oh, God. They only raved and roared, making mindless inhuman sounds as Annalise's body jerked itself around in uncontrollable epileptic fits. Wait till year 20 of our show. Yeah. <laughs> this is what my characters are all going to sound like. I'm a bat. Oh, God, release me. I Release love me. I love the I'm a bat characters. So I'm a bat. I'm a bat. Wing, wing. I'm a bat. Hello, hello. Oh. Bat phone. But despite this obvious downhill slide, Annalisa still made her friends promise 
that they would never allow anyone to call a doctor for her condition because medicine didn't help, at least according to her kind of perspective. Mm. And prayer provided at least some relief. Why are we listening to the sick child for the advice that's not the person you go to to see, like, what should we do here? Being like... I think I can invite it out. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think so. No. Damn. She also begged to not be sent to a mental institution, but not for any divine or demonic reason. Oh, yeah. Rather, Annalisa was simply afraid that a stay in a mental hospital would prevent her from getting a teaching job if this whole thing ever ended. Oh. I mean, it was also, all about stigma. The idea right. of being in a German mental institution in the 60s doesn't sound fucking great either. It's no. mid-1970s. I would rather be, probably rather be in a German one than, um, dead. than a, well, a dead or even an American one because I think in the 19, in mid-70s, imagine the Germans that. are probably on their best behavior. Oh, yeah, that's right. Things <laughs> are on the up and up. Yeah, the standing yeah. military and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by May of 1976, Annalisa had given up all hope. Oh. She began telling Father Alt that she knew that she wouldn't survive the summer. And soon after, she began biting herself, hitting her head against the wall over and over again and punching herself, giving her those horrifying black eyes that we've Ugh. all seen in the pictures from yeah. her many exorcisms. You have to look at the pictures. Ugh. And I, I will tell you, those were from her. The, yeah. the, the black eyes. She yeah. punched herself in the face Jeez. that hard. Mm-hmm. Exorcisms were attempted on May 10th, 12th, 14th, and 17th. But all that resulted from those was a chipped tooth from her thrashing and a face that was bruised and swollen from what was obviously a full mental break. Yeah, mm. to this point, it's just like, even the, even I was a priest, she just being like, she needs to just go to a fucking hospital. I yeah, mean, of course. I mean, by June, it was obvious even to Father Alt that Annalisa was extremely ill because she hadn't eaten with any regularity for months on end Annalisa weighed a hair under 70 pounds. Oh, my man, God. Allie McBeal. And I mean, be- honestly, Allie McBeal, I think, was 90 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And she became so emaciated Ugh. that her face changed shape completely. From sure. That of a beautiful young woman. to a, She looked wraith-like at the end. Right. Like, oh, was, that's, the, that's why the image, that's why people say, like, the only real exorcism. When you see her face, mm. you can be like, yeah, that's got to be possession. Like, you see it, and you're like, no, it's months of starvation yeah. and beating your own face against the wall. Yeah, nine months of starvation and, yes, beating yourself. Horrible. By the end of June, she was showing a fever of 103. And despite the obvious signs that she was dying, the priests and the family continued the exorcisms. I got a fever of 103. Yeah, it's different, though. Mm-hmm. It's really different. Yeah. Very different. It's very, very different. Remember that song? But really trying to build to a point here. Building, oh, a, I see. building like oh, a, I'm sorry. You know, building a whole thing, like 103. You know, family continue. Obvious sign she was dying. Right, right. Oh, you want to do something dramatic. Dramatic. Oh, yeah, 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 something yeah. dramatic. I, I ruined, yeah, yeah. I just gonna ruin that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. We can go on. <laughs> the last exorcism was on June 30th. And two days later, on July 1st, 1976, Annalisa died of starvation, Ugh. barely able to utter her last words. I'm afraid. That's so sad. Oh my sad. God! No, that's, that's so her sad. last words. I'm yes. afraid, Mama. Oh, come, Mama, come here. I'm afraid. That's so oh, sad. God, that sucks. Now, by the end of this long debacle, both the priests involved and Annalisa's parents were stubbornly convinced that demons oh, had killed Annalisa. Gosh. I mean, it's pretty much because this is what they had to believe they had to. in order yeah. to live with themselves. Because they've been listening to this girl and actually doing whatever it is that she wanted them to do. I'm not saying that obviously. 
she is not at fault in any way, shape, or form. Like, this is where adults and the people that are of sound mind she are is an adult. She's twenty. In. She's 24 years I know, old. I know. We're in a fucking gray area. Yeah. We're in a gray area. It's like this thing yeah. when you look at me, like, what do you do with somebody who's obviously out of their fucking mind? They need to, they, someone needs to come and scoop you. Yeah. And if they're not there to scoop right. you up, but then also, this is why it went to the courts. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, in the evangelist spirit, their parents and the priests told the public what they believed happened. Okay. They expected fear from people. They expected guilt. Or be like, oh, the devil is real. Like everyone, like everybody will blow up. Yeah. Right. Like when they announced that Facebook was going to be made up. Yeah. Or meta or whatever. <laughs> whatever it was going like, to be like, wow. Like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. So cool. Instead, the press and most Germans reacted with outrage that such medieval practices were still being done in the latter half of the 20th century. I believe it. And that these practices had resulted in a torturous death. Think about when we did our uh, Nazis and the Occult series those years Mm. ago. Think about the devastation that happened in Germany during this time period because of occult practices. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this is a lesson that they're like, I thought we all just learned this. I think I thought that we all decided that that the superstition was killing millions of people. Right. Within a year of Annalise's starvation, Father Renz, Father Alt, and Annalise's parents were all charged with negligent homicide. Wow. Now, as we mentioned last episode, Joseph and Anna were represented by one of the lawyers who defended Nazis during the Nuremberg war crime trials. You know, I saw some of that footage. He didn't do a good job. Uh, all of them were convicted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as a defense attorney, I would say, I don't know. We Maybe had to I'll get somebody else. He's just willing to take these cases. Yeah. He's I like guess. the Johnny Cochran <laughs> yeah. of Nazi Germany. The priest, though, they got a guy named Frith Job Lebinsky. Oh, Lebinsky. I don't want old Frith Job. Frith Job? Frith Job. Frith Job nah. is Frith when you job. jerk somebody off normally with your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Now, despite the many testimonies of the priests who believed that demonic possession was the cause of Annalisa Mickle's death, that was not the legal case that the defense put forth. That's mm. kind of a misnomer where people think that they actually tried to yeah. say, say demons are real. Demons are real in court. That wasn't it at all. Huh. Instead, the defense went with the libertarian argument. Ooh. It was Annalisa Mikkel's constitutional right to refuse medical attention. Hey, man. Therefore, it was nobody's fault but her own that she died of starvation. That was the whole argument. You have the right to die. You do. Um, yeah, but then they also could have helped her. Hey, her parents, I mean, it's just, this is we'll, yes, we'll get to 24. Yeah. That's, that's a good oh, yeah. point. I mean, in turn, the prosecution argued that both the priests and her parents had a responsibility to step in and take charge because Annalisa was obviously not in her right mind. Right. And their actions caused her death because they fed into her delusion. They were validating it and they were a part of the entire scenario. They were a part of the exorcisms. They were there like doing, they were doing it to yeah, her. Right. They were making it worse. And to bolster the case, the prosecution brought in a psychiatrist who came to the conclusion that Annalisa Mickle would still be alive had the exorcisms not been performed. Technically, yeah. she probably would have been an incredible dancer if she could do the thing of bend all the way back and oh, do crazy yes, game Absolutely. Instead, he said that Annalisa should have been tranquilized and force-fed while medical professionals figured out what was actually wrong with her. Basically, this psychiatrist argued that Annalisa developed the delusion of possession in 1975, a psychogenic psychosis, Hmm. is what he called it. The priest then provided form and content 
for Annalisa's psychotic behavior, and the more exorcisms they performed, the more they damaged her mental state, which made it harder for her to make the right decisions on her own. Is it like diabetes in that when you have a diabetic fit and you don't have your insulin and stuff, that your brain does start to deteriorate? Is it like yes, that with epilepsy? Yeah. So well, I mean, it's not just each, epilepsy. It's also not eating Yes, yeah, so all. Each, each, like, fit... That damages the brain? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. If you're a doctor, let us know. I don't think so, but I do know that she wasn't eating at all, and that definitely damages the brain. That definitely damages the the way you think about things. None of it helps. No. I believe that. Well, as a result of this testimony, all four defendants were found guilty Mm. and sentenced to six months in prison. But the judge suspended the sentence and instead gave them all three years probation. Okay. Father Alt and Father Renz were both fined the equivalent of $10,000 in today's money, while Anna and Joseph were judged to have suffered enough yep. and were given no real punishment. Okay, so it was kind of a slap on the wrist. I there. mean, everybody got it. It just destroyed everybody's lives. Yeah, it's just yeah. a horrible situation. Yeah. yeah. But in the end, the trial did nothing to change anyone's mind. The priests and the Mickle family both held on to their belief that medical and psychological remedies would have been useless for Annalise's condition because neither of those things addressed the existence of demons. No. Okay. Yeah, especially not in a court. It's difficult unless you get him in there. Because honestly, what? Lucifer's hard to book. Yeah. He is hard mm-hmm. to book. He's, he's the main gonna, guy. He's, yeah. Does he You got to go to him. He might tell the truth under oath. That's mm, who knows. I mean, that would I be the funnest so, thing to do, but you wouldn't believe him because he's the fucking devil. <laughs> so every time he said something that was true, you'd be like, "Oh, the devil only lies." And he's like, mm. "But we know that Liz- Lucifer is all about actually destroying shadows, destroying secrets, a light bringer, and yes. training the ideas, giving information to the blind." Big if true. Well, Anna Mickle stated that the worst of the matter was that, in spite of it all, no one believed in the devil because of her daughter's death. It oh, didn't even like do what they the thing. Wanted. Yeah, it literally didn't do the thing they thought uh, it would do. Yeah. And even after the trial, the family still could not let their daughter's corpse rest. A year after the verdict, a German nun had a vision that Annalise's corpse was lying in perfect condition in her coffin six feet under the ground. I mean, no. that would be fucking dope. I, I don't mean, think so. If true, it would be proof that Annalisa had died for the sins of the world. Oh, yeah, and then and they were just like, yeah, yeah, let's get her, boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got the shovel. You get the pick. Someone get a camera. <laughs> Desperate for some sign that they hadn't given their daughter a painful and unnecessary death, Joseph and Anna actually had the cops dig up Annalisa's corpse. Dig uh. up? The corpse. When I say dig up, you say the corpse. Move dig up the, co- the corpse. The corpse. The corpse. It's oh. fucking all tailgating and shit, eating bratwurst, drinking big fucking yeah. steins. I love, ex- I love a it. huge crowd. Oh yeah, extreme makeover corpse edition. Oh, this yeah. is this is great. No, it drew a gigantic crowd. Did you see the footage oh, of yes. the disinterment? It's insane. Like yes. the entire. It's wild. The churchyard was just covered in people. The whole uh, every German fucking press that you could imagine was there. This Wait. is gonna be fucking it. Wow. Now, once disinterred, the coffin with the body inside was taken into the church while the crowd waited outside for a miracle. Okay. Nobody from the press was allowed inside, nor were the parents actually allowed to see the body out of concern that they would be traumatized further. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when it comes out in her, like, she's got... But she's perfect. That would be kind of scary, too, right? Yeah. If she came out the and whole she wasn't. Thing is horrified. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yes. No, it was just a corpse. Yeah. 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 They, they opened yeah. it up. It was just as decomposed as any other corpse in the graveyard. And in fact, it was pretty much just a skeleton by this point. And then, oh. do you think like, you just open it up and you just go, 
Huh? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they pretty much uh, just like did the thing where you open it up for a second and then immediately close it. Like, whoa. Uh, 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 like, get the back hose. <laughs> yep, yep. We yeah. put her back down. I mean, they even interviewed the grave diggers, like, at who dug her up and put her back under. Like, they kind of like they were being interviewed by the news and they like yeah. kind of had this like smi- they were kind of amused <laughs> yeah. of like this idea yeah. of like what the fuck did you expect of yeah of course, course. <laughs> it was nothing but a corpse wow. that's what we until you are there's no ghosts you only bones i mean i'm happy it was just a corpse because otherwise she would still yeah, be the like real. alive yeah. in there and that would be horrible and yet the family still believed because in a picture someone took of the disinterred coffin One might see, if you're looking hard enough, a faint shadow that could be interpreted as the hand of the devil. (laughs) Okay. As far as Father Alt went, he wrote in 1988 that Annalisa was not mentally ill at all, but was instead, quote, wide awake in her face. Interesting. I I mean, that's that's true. That's how they put it, because she was so, to them, they were probably. To them, she probably was the closest person to God they've ever met. That she, uh, to them, they were saintly. Th- they viewed her as somebody she suffered for the sins of of everyone. So they just gave her the religious. Uh, basically they gave the it religi- to her anyway. She gave it was like the religious version of she flew too close to the sun. Seriously, yeah. wow. Father Alt implied that her horrific, drawn out death was a small price to pay. Small, huh? With when when you're dealing with the advancement of God's kingdom at the expense <laughs> of the kingdom of darkness? Yeah, man. Yeah. We used to send um, <laughs> we used to send know. armies of thousands of knights into the Middle East just to kill and to kill and to kill back used in the to. day. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. Startlingly though, while membership in the Catholic Church has been on a steady decline for decades, there are now more exorcisms performed than ever, especially really? right here in America. Yeah, man. No, the exorcisms hit its peak in 2020. Yeah. Now, we all know that the exorcisms... Yeah, yeah, it's different now, though, because they can have, like, Carl's Jr., Uber Eats. You can do it over, Zoom. Like, you can do it over <laughs> yeah. Zoom. Like, it is different, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know that the exorcist is responsible for this. That's sure. the one thing everyone knows about exorcism is that after the exorcist came out, exorcism spiked. Mm-hmm. And oh, it has yeah. never come back down. Oh, but I think it's also another example of the devil being the best friend the church ever had. Yeah. Yes. With indeed. memberships slipping and times changing in the 60s and 70s, it was fortuitous to these old hardliners that something as scary as demonic possession reappeared during that time. It made pre superheroes again. Well, yeah. You, and you need a heel, you know, you, you need an enemy. And this scary tool is still in use today. Reportedly, over a thousand exorcisms are done within the borders of our country alone every single year. Yeah. Wow. You All got, right. You got YouTube exorcists. You know, the guy that the guy's uh, mm-hmm. a demon, the pornography demons come out. Come, come out, out, the pornography, pornography demons. demons. Come out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Zoom exorcists. Yep. You've got those. That's real now. Fucking about that. Remote working exorcism. Remote? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bob Larson's been doing exorcisms over Skype for about 10 years now. And he just can, he can do fucking 10 a day that way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I'm sure they charge for those exorcisms. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's a donation to keep his, donation. his ministry oh, open. Yes. Yeah. And exorcisms are now happening live in mega churches worldwide. How many of those African uh, exorcism videos have you watched? Absolutely. He so eats, eats the poo poo like the chocolate. He eats yeah. the poo poo. Yeah. Do you come as the cream of the blood? Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, it's really all magic. The problem is that magic should never be used 
to replace actual medical attention. What? Right. Physical or mental. Whatever you, whatever you stodgy old man. <laughs> I don't, it's I, like how Steve Jobs would still be alive if you would have just gotten cancer treatment. It is or unbelievable. Like how I, my mental health would have been advanced by years had I not tried to use chaos magic to fix it. It's hard to it's, use it hard to use semen just to fix bipolar disorder. It really is. Yeah, that's the craziest yeah. thing. The blind spot of Steve Jobs' intelligence. Yeah. He, he, was too, he thought one. he was too smart. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. yeah, the ego took him down, that's for sure. And had Annalisa Mickle's parents and Annalisa herself not been tainted by superstitious belief in the supernatural, and had they accepted that sometimes unfair shit happens for no reason, yeah. and Annalisa Mickle might very well be alive today, too. She really still could be, because what, yep. 24 in the 70s? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. She could still be around. Absolutely. Well, I think the one thing that we have to do now is go dig her up, dig her up, <laughs> and let's see if she's come back. Dig up. The corpse. <laughs> Dig up the corpse. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, everyone. Yeah, man. It's never been harder to be skinny. Annalisa Mickle. What a story. It is fucked and, up, man. Um, yeah, it is. I love this story, though, at the same time. Yeah. Well, I just like all of these possession stories, and we're going to cover a lot of them. We're gonna, we, Our goal is to go through, like, we're going to do a couple of relaxed fits and then kind of cover more of these stories. It's good, mm. ooky, spooky. And it's a lot about human psychology as well. Absolutely. And if, yeah. and if you really want to get into some exorcism shit uh, from the perspective of the Catholics... And from the perspective of an exorcist, the goats. we did an episode on it many years back, but Hostage the Devil. It's sweet. Such awesome. a great book. It's, it's like my favorite, one of my favorite paranormal books ever written. It's fucking horse shit, awesome. but it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, couple of announcements. Number one, first of all, we are working on a new comic book with our friends over at Z2. It's Z2? called The Last Comic Book on the Left. It's coming out in spring. Uh, we're really excited for you to see it. It's essentially it's a Mad Magazine style comic book with a bunch of different like characters and stuff from last podcast throughout the years and blown out into comic book form. We're really, really excited. Well, I'm sure those characters will be just as interesting as the characters from Soul Plumber. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> they fucking there's, better there's be. there's some new characters um, coming to so the, the Soul Plumber universe that I think y'all are going to be quite uh, satisfied with. Quite proud of this. Very excited. <laughs> Quite proud of this. Um, and uh, announcement number two, uh, next week is Thanksgiving, and we are going to be taking a week off. We're going to be putting some replacement episodes up there. You guys are going to be, we're doing it for, again. Some we interviews said stories. that we've done. Yeah, but we're going to say again, we take four weeks off a year. We got two in the summer. We got Thanksgiving. We got Christmas. It gives us a, a, at least a day off, and then it gives our employees it's time about, off. Yes, it's about the employees. They work so hard for us. And, and so. thank you so much for being here on this beautiful, beautiful, horrible day yes, of Annalise's death. Oh, my goodness. And thanks to everyone who came out to the shows in North and yeah, South Buckley. Carolina. Y'all are just so sweet. We'll see you in Charlottesville. And, um, yeah, we'll see you in Virginia. We'll see you in Baltimore. Oh, can't wait to go back to Balmer. Yeah, it'll Balmer. Be, <laughs> it'll be super fun. And the shows have just been so fun. It's been great to see y'all. And, um, yeah, we appreciate everyone being so cool with all of the bullshit. Yep. So y'all are just wonderful. <laughs> y'all are great. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Geen. My congratulations. Hey, Lucifer! Enter me! Enter me, Lucifer! I'll feed you good! Uh, you know, if you're possessed, you can't eat, right? Oh, man! Yeah, sorry, bro. Come on, I'll make him eat. <laughs> I want a fat devil. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Imagine, you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, Your spray tanning session is now complete. 
what just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.